What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. We got so much to talk about after Texas, just so much crazy stuff. Um, it's Monday now. I took the time between the race and now to think about everything and get some different viewpoints and everything and hear what the drivers had to say. So, yeah, we got, we'll talk about the standings and everything, but most importantly, just all the issues with tires and the car and the track just so much so just like i expected the first race was crazy even though a lot of people would expect that this race was kind of calm and the calmer race of the three but it's just now who knows what's going to happen so with all the issues that leaves logano um he's 30 points above the cutoff chastain is 12 behind him byron's 13 behind him at plus 17 larson is plus 16 ryan blaney's plus 15 hamlin plus eight suarez plus four elliot plus four briscoe minus four Sindrick minus 11 bell minus 29 and alex bowman minus 30 so first of all logano just continues to be consistent i i think he's gonna make the final four just because of how many issues there are and he seems like the only guy who can survive I mean, take away Bristol, he's just been quietly in the top 10 for most of the races, and I know he'll do what he's got to do to get it done, and if he can just survive Talladega, I think he's got a great spot in the um, round of eight, and then he's he'll have a chance to win a couple of races in the round of eight. I think I said if he can just get through the round of eight, I meant get through the round of 12. Um, Chastain, he could end up becoming Hamlin's gateway into making it to the next round because Hamlin still owes him and Hamlin's way down, only plus eight above. He could use him up at the uh, Roval. I don't, he can't really recommend Dega. Um, Byron also, I, I don't expect him to stay plus 17. Uh, he's probably going to get a points penalty. I mean, I would expect it to be at least 25 points. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's only 10. Who knows? Uh, But either way, I would be shocked if they didn't give him a points penalty, which is probably going to move a lot of guys up a spot. But it's not really going to help them much because they're not going to gain points on the cutoff. Actually, no, they would. Because depending on how many Byron loses, he might become the ninth place driver and Briscoe will move up. So, yeah, Byron's probably going to have some work to do, even though he had a decent run. Um, we'll talk about that that incident with Hamlin later. I want to like get in depth on it, but I just wanted to mention that he's probably going to get a points penalty. Larson, I think, will be fine. He's not good at plate races, but... He's good on road courses, and I think if he could just survive Dega, he'll be fine. Blaney, I, I have no clue what to expect, honestly. It's just so many of these guys are hit or miss on the road courses, so if they don't survive Dega, I don't think they'll be able to advance. Like Hamlin, the Gibbs cars are just awful on road courses. Blaney hasn't been the best, but then you got like Chastain, Suarez, Elliott, who are really good on uh, road courses this year. Suarez and Hamlin are 6th and 7th. Uh, we'll see how Hamlin does at Dega. 
Suarez will probably end up needing to have a clean race at Dega, and then he'll probably be fine to make the next round. Elliot, I don't know if he he's in the same spot as Suarez. I think if he can survive Talladega, um, he'll be fine. But if not, then he'll have to go win the Roval probably. I just think that if you're only plus eight, so Hamlin, Suarez, Elliott, who those two are only plus four, you probably have to go race for stage points because if you don't, Briscoe, Sindrick, Bell, and Bowman are going to go up there and win stages, and then it's just going to hurt you. So, yeah, I think they got to go up and race, and it's Dega, so there's going to be a huge wreck, no doubt. It's just if you survive or if you get some stage points and you're like one of the later cars to dnf you might be okay but i just i don't know if i'm not plus 20 i don't feel remotely safe even logano he could wreck out in the beginning of stage one uh, i just some of these guys just will get lucky one of them might win i mean i could see Cindric winning maybe not bowman bell or briscoe but hamlin obviously um blaney He's really good there. Logano, Chastain won in the spring, uh, and I have no clue what to expect. We could have some random per random driver win, like McDowell or Haley or someone like that. So it's just it's from here on to the round of eight. It's just gonna be complete chaos. The Roval's nuts too. You could get wrecked out of that on the first lap. Um, yeah. So this round is just a round of attrition, even maybe more than the first one was, especially when you combine it with cars that can't even finish a race, like blowing motors, cutting tires, losing power steering. I'm not even going to try to predict who I think is going to advance or make the final four. I think Logano is probably the only guy that is I would consider is going to make the final four, but I just don't even know if he'll have the speed to win that race so i'm not gonna even say who i think's gonna win the whole thing uh christopher bell i really thought he was gonna be good he he just had a bunch of good runs and then spins out rex's car bowman same thing even elliot too hits the wall lights on fire just complete completely nuts probably gonna be crazy this this race could be crazier than talladega less playoff drivers could be affected in the Dega race if everyone just goes single file but I doubt that'll happen I think everyone's going to be racing for stage points really hard and that's going to cause a wreck like once a stage and you know how the Dega wrecks are just the worst wrecks probably out of any track and they can collect the whole field too I expect all the non-playoff drivers who usually compete for a win so just drop back and just ride around like Kyle Busch, Reddick, um, Harvick, some others and maybe even Logano does because he's got a decent lead to avoid wrecks. It's like you're the, the racing's at a point where you're just rewarded for surviving and it feels like every race is like that so we'll probably see a lot of that. All right moving on to the Byron and Hamlin incident I think that if when I first saw it, I thought that Hamlin and Byron were racing really hard. And the caution came out, and Byron kind of just tapped them and spun them like the second the caution came out. I didn't realize he like drove right up to him and took him out. It was it was dirty, and 
I don't know how NASCAR should address that. And they said that they didn't see it, but on a restart, they review the restart, and then they make the driver go to the back if he had a too fast of a restart or like he jumped the start. So I don't see why they couldn't review what happened with Byron and Hamlin and then address a penalty. It really doesn't affect the race much besides the guy getting what he deserves. As for Hamlin, I think that there should be a rule where you can get your spot back if someone intentionally spins you under caution because the rule says that you have to maintain speed and obviously Hamlin spun through the grass and everything so he couldn't um, take his spot back according to the rule so Hamlin lost probably a t- 10 points at the end of the day maybe more on that let me check where he finished it's so it's pretty much affecting his whole playoffs and now he's barely above the cut he finished 10th and he was second who knows he could have won even and he would be in the next round and not have to worry about Dega and the Roval I also think what Hamlin did to Byron is pretty much identical what Byron did to Logano if anything what Byron did was worse than what Hamlin did because Hamlin like clearly tried to get off of him he he tapped him and then he chased the car down the track and um Byron said it bent the toe link and in his interview Byron was like emphasizing that he hit him hard and I think he was doing that because he's basically trying to say this isn't like what I did to Logano this was way worse this was just one of the many insane things that happened all race long there was also the Cody Ware crash which looked just horrible that was one of the hardest hits of the year and he obviously didn't look too good um climbing out of that car but they said he was fine i mean i'm sure he's gonna be sore all week and everything and they probably have to clear his ankle because they were saying his ankle hurt but i just think i remember last year like there would be a hit like this and every time maybe not every time but i would say nine times out of ten the guy would climb out and the announcers would say oh these cars are so safe um this shows how safe they are blah 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 but now it's like i don't know if you if you think like back at how many guys took a while to get out of the car and said they were sore had the wind knocked out of them all that it's just way more than it was last year i mean it's got to be i'm it feels like five out of ten times they're not hurt in these big wrecks maybe even less so obviously i see i know everyone's wants a lot with the car to be changed because there's just a lot going on with the tires and everything but the safety obviously needs to get fixed first before any of that. I know NASCAR is obviously working on fixing it I just think it's kind of weird that they're just so quiet about it and they acknowledge it but just like the way they acknowledge it is by like making new adjustments to the car without saying anything because they just don't want to admit to it they're just in a bad spot and I mean it happens with a lot of stuff not just the safety kind of like the Hamlin and Byron thing where they just said we didn't see it but yeah I'm sure the offseason there's going to be a ton of changes to their car there has to be but hopefully they just take care of the safety part first the first friends move the race goes to Reddick for on lap 54 when he or sorry with 54 to go he was racing Stenhouse for the lead 
they were going into turns three and four and Reddick kind of like got right side by side with Stenhouse and almost like took away his line a little bit and then he dove to the bottom and it kind of slowed Stenhouse down and it was hard to make passes on the bottom so Reddick kind of had to do that to be able to make the pass and that's probably what won him the race because then he got control of it and even though he was on old tires and had the risk of blowing one he just defended against Logano on the restart on the inside got the lead and that was it so yeah that's the race winning move for sure Logano was right up there with him but Reddick was just able to get to the front faster and hold Logano off it sounds crazy but that was actually Reddick's first oval win he's been in contention to win so many in the A car uh, if you look like Kansas Auto Club, he's just cut tires leading the race a bunch of times, and thank God it didn't happen again because he definitely deserved this one. He's gotten so much better, and I mean Kyle Busch has got to be looking, thinking he's going to be able to go into that car and win a few races. RCR actually now has the same amount of wins as JGR at four, so yeah, Hamlin has two, Bush, Kyle Busch has one, and Bell has one, and then. Reddick has three and Dylan has one so four wins with two less drivers it's I'm really curious to see what Kyle can do in that car next year maybe go out and win four or five races who knows um and then if Reddick gets an even better equipment even though it kind of looks like RCR's almost as good as 2311 right now what uh Reddick could do in better equipment I'm just curious to see how all that plays out, but for Reddick to go from having zero wins and now three, it's pretty crazy, and I had a feeling it was coming. He, he was in contention to win a bunch last year, too. He just couldn't get it done in the, with this new car, and RCR being a little bit better, they were able to get it done, and they'll probably be a threat to win a few more of these upcoming races, even though they're not in the playoffs. I think the drivers probably feel like this too but as a fan watching like seeing someone win like that is even though they're not in the playoffs I'm not like oh that sucks he's not in the playoffs sure it would have put him through to the next round and he would have had a great shot at making it to the final four but it's just like this season is just so weird that if you can take a win you just got to take them when you get them because everything's so unpredictable it's to the point where you're just being rewarded for running middle of the pack and surviving. So, yeah, it's just it's shaking up the whole championship and everything. And obviously, it's still a championship, but it just like doesn't feel like the four best cars are going to be there. I saw something, a stat, and it was the drivers who have led the most laps in a race. So, you would think that that's that car that led the most laps in a race is the most dominant car and there's three guys tied for four races where they led the most laps in a single race it's reddick elliott and kyle bush so two of those guys are already out of the playoffs and it just shows that having the most dominant car doesn't mean much elliott's the only one with four wins so but those four of those wins he didn't Pocono I don't think he led a single lap it just it's not to take anything away from whoever wins the championship but at this point I if I was a driver I'd probably just take any win I could get and at the playoffs are just survival right now so yeah 
but I just hope it cleans up a little bit. I mean, it should, but Talladega and the Roval could just turn it in the opposite direction even more. Anyways, moving on to the underdog of the race. I think it's got to go to Justin Haley. He finished third. He's finished third twice this year. He has pretty good stats for... He's only 20 or 21. I'm not sure how old he is, but he's just quietly doing doing okay, but keeping the car together and putting it in a good spot. I think he actually has like the least amount of incidents as of anyone so he can just take care of a car and uh, that'll definitely pay off at some point if he can get a little more speed out of it all right moving on to race stakes all right we got a few race stakes here and i'm assuming they're all probably going to be relating to tires texas just all the bad stuff that happened so the first one just says it's texas so yeah i mean texas just for the last few years it's just always something like the all-star race was bush blew a tire took out half the field the blaney had the window net thing no one was able to pass the leader that was just pretty much awful then i remember in the fall of 2020 harvick was out in the lead and hit some rain and wrecked so it just the track just feels like it's cursed at this point they need to just reconfigure I mean I just I really hope they don't turn it into a new Atlanta because all the drivers think that new Atlanta is just gonna wear out and be horrible because right now it's a plate track which they don't even like as is because it's just so dangerous and you can just get caught up in a wreck in a split second and then if it wears out and it starts to get spread apart then the guy in the lead is just gonna take away your line you won't be able to pass them so i really hope they don't do that if if it was up to me i think there's just so many things you could do and we have tracks that we can just copy i mean yeah it takes a while for a track to wear and become good but i there's like homestead kansas charlotte and just keep it an intermediate but just get rid of the weird banking and some of the bumps and everything and the stupid pj one i think it'd make it a lot better um the next one says good year tire get it back together yeah i mean clearly the tire is an issue but it's also just because the teams are put in such a small box that they have no choice but to run super aggressive tire pressures and that causes them to get wrecked so it's like kind of a lose-lose form and again this is why you're being rewarded for going slow which it should never be like this unless it's like an endurance race like I don't know Daytona or the Southern 500 or the Coke 600 where you take care of your car and work on it and then at the end you go all out but we can't have that every week that's not what it's supposed to be drivers want to just go out and lead every lap they don't want to sit back there and then try to pass at the end um so yeah just i don't know i i wish they could work on the cars to the point where they didn't have this issue but it's just a lose-lose you either run a conservative setup and just try to stay there for the end or you run a fast setup go to the front and then cut a tire it's definitely bad and i really don't think it'd be that big of a deal to fix i just think the resistance comes from letting the teams work on the car more and just 
making the gap between the big teams and the small teams bigger. That's the last thing NASCAR wants, and that's what a lot a lot of it comes down to, and then money too. But Rodney Childers kind of explained on Twitter what's going on with the tires. I'll read a little bit of that. He tweeted and he said that the problem wasn't the tires, it's the shock limiter rule. The teams wouldn't be running the tires lower if you could get the car lower in the back and the diffuser to its optimal down point force. If you could run the car lower with the suspension, you would actually run more air in the tires to keep the travel more consistent. Right now, you can't really get the diffuser down to the optimal spot for the maximum downforce because you are locked by the limiters. Your only way to get it lower and go faster is to let air out of the tires. If you get the diffuser a tenth lower by squishing the tires more, it's free speed, like you added more spoiler to your car. And then he goes on to say like um, that to go through one and two, because turns one and two and three and four are different at Texas, but he says to get through one and two where you can pass, you have to be bumping limiters a little bit in three and four, and that's where all the load gets into the tires, and that's what's causing them to blow out. He like summarizes it by basically saying that the the main goal should be to make the car have its max downforce, so obviously they would all be the same and not cutting tires at this point. if. They didn't have to be so low on tire pressure, so the cars make downforce, but without lowering tire pressure. And then he said that the tires need to be more durable because it's basically just a knife's edge, so you have barely any room to work with. I think that kind of puts into perspective what's going on, especially from a crew chief, and it kind of just proves that this isn't really Goodyear. It's a combination of Goodyear and NASCAR. At the end of the day, NASCAR's running the whole thing. If they was if it was a tire, it's still NASCAR's fault. They could hire a different tire manufacturer if they really wanted to. But anyways, I hope that that's where I stand on it. Obviously, there's a lot of things that need work, but I don't think it takes that much to get to that point. All right. The next race take is NASCAR needs to fix the tire problem. We kind of went over that. And then the next one is NASCAR and Goodyear should be embarrassed. Yeah, I think they should be embarrassed, but for reasons that you wouldn't think of. Like, I, it's way more complicated than it looks on the surface. Like, they shouldn't be embarrassed because they put the teams in a box where they have to run the cars where they're blowing tires. It just shouldn't be like that. And then... It shouldn't. It should never be like where you have to get a competitive edge. You risk blowing out your tires and hitting the wall. It's one thing to set your car up loose or do this or that and take risks or take put an aggressive setup that's gonna wear your tires out and then they're gonna fall off late in the run. But to risk blowing a tire and smashing the wall and completely ending your day for a little bit of speed. It's just not how it should be, and that's just not good racing in my opinion. It's like we've taken steps backwards because we haven't seen these problems in years, and I'm seeing like so many stats that like the last time a new driver, a driver that's never won has won in the Cup Series before this many times is happened in 1960. I mean, that's not the exact stat, but I'm seeing so many stats comparing nascar to what it was like in the 60s and when you think about it do you want 
to be compared to what it was like in the 60s or what it was like in the early 2000s when it was at its peak. Like, I'd rather have us being compared to, like, 2006. I mean, that's, like, 1960. That's 60 years ago, and so much has changed since. So I don't necessarily think it's a good thing that we're being compared to what NASCAR was like back then when the sport was that new and small. It's just... I. I don't know. There's a lot that needs to be fixed. I mean, the car has potential. It's not all bad. It's the interme- some of the intermediate races have been the best in years and fixing a short track package, I don't think is that hard. I think that having the intermediate package somewhat right right now is way better than having the short package right like last year because more horsepower, less downforce and tire wear could probably fix the short track package a ton and how hard is that i think nascar could take those steps pretty quickly all right the next take is the tire mishaps will be a common problem for next gen i mean yeah they already are i don't know if it's gonna stay like this i i would be shocked if it did i mean there there's no way that they're not gonna work to fix this no matter what they they're not gonna inspect people's tire pressures because Someone's always going to be trying to get that advantage. I just can't see it. Someone will take the risk always to lower the pressures and try to get some speed. All right, the next um, race take is if there wasn't heat, the race would have sucked. Um, I mean, a lot of people think the race sucked anyways, but yeah, the track was slick and the racing was okay. I mean... For Texas, when they were actually like racing, it was actually pretty good. There were some guys who were able to pass um, a little bit through the field. And yeah, if, if you take away all those issues and you have like the Byron thing that happened and Larson and Hamlin going at it, then it probably would have been a decent race. But it was just mired by all that other drama and stuff with the tires and cars. All right, that's it for the race takes. Before we move on to next week, I want to talk about the Xfinity Series race. That was a good race. As usual, the Xfinity Series is just perfect, basically. Um, Noah Gregson wins four in a row. It's crazy how good he's gotten over the last few years. Um, just considering he would he win two races last year, and now he's at seven with a bunch more races to go, he could easily win 10 he's good at talladega he's not the best at road courses but the the remaining four after that he could win all of them i'm really glad he's going to the cup series uh he's actually had good runs in the cup series too especially considering the equipment he's in he was in the top 10 at one point at texas before he got loose and washed up the track but he if he can go up there and compete for wins like three or four times next year it'll be great especially because he's going to be a rookie so i'm looking forward to watching him he and he's probably the championship favorite in the xfinity series so i think it would be nuts if he was able to get it done sweep kansas but he's definitely the guy who can do it at this point in time all right moving on to dega there's three races trucks cup and xfinity um the truck and the Xfinity races on Saturday were supposed to get a ton of rain because of that hurricane there, so I don't know what's going to go on with that, but the race for the Xfinity series at 4 o'clock and then 
the truck race is actually before that at 12:30. So yeah, Saturday will be all racing. Cup Series races at two o'clock on Sunday. There's no lights at Talladega, so if we do get rain or anything, it's probably gonna mess the whole schedule up. So I'm not looking forward to that too much. Let me check the weather right now. Actually, surprisingly, it actually doesn't look that bad. Sunday. It says it's going to be clear. The only day it says it's supposed to rain is Saturday with a 60% chance. So if the truck in the Xfinity race got rained out, I mean, I guess would he jam three races into Sunday? That would be like a NASCAR fan's dream to just watch three races nonstop. But I think if anything, if the both those races got pushed to Sunday, then the cup race would end up uh, Monday. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm sure tons of things will change later in the week. But, all right, I I have no clue who to pick. I think my best bet is to just randomly guess. Um, I'll start with the truck series. John Hunter Nemechek was going to win this race last year. I remember this fall race. He was leading, like, at almost at the line, and then he got wrecked. But I'm going to go with Dean Thompson. I think it's going to be an upset winner, and... Um, he followed me on Instagram, so I got a pull form, so I'm hoping he gets it done that day. All right, Xfinity Series, I I picked Gregson last week. I thought he was going to win Bristol, too. I just didn't want to keep picking the same guy over and over again, so I'm glad I picked him for four in a row at Texas, and he got it done, but I'm just going to say Dinger. I think Dinger's going to be, he's been there at the end in these plate races, and I think he finally gets it done. Cup Series, this is where it gets insane. The Every playoff guy could be wrecked out by the end. I would be shocked if a playoff driver even won at this point. Now that it's four races in and not a, a playoff driver hasn't won a single race. But I'm going to go with Brad Keselowski. He's a Dega animal. He just knows how to get it done there. He's got a pile of wins there. And the way the trend's going, I think we're going to get another new winner. I, I think Hamlin's going to be in contention and racing really good just because of where he's at. But I don't think he's going to get it done. This race is going to be absolutely insane. It's going to be in it. I mean, I hope it's a decent race and there's no rain wrecks or anything. But I think that the stages are set up right now where... Guys are going to be going for every point they get, and I think there will be multiple big ones, and there will be guys riding around on the ba- uh, in the back, especially because of how dangerous the cars are with guys getting hurt. I think like Bubba Wallace, Kyle Busch, Reddick, those guys will ride around in the back. Harvick, Truex, um, they, they'll stick together because they're all going to have fast cars, and if they can just stick together, they can ride around back there and they don't have to worry about losing the draft. And even if you're alone, you don't have to worry about losing the draft. So why go up there and race for points when the only thing you could do up there is help your teammate? And why would you, like, there's, Kyle Busch isn't going to go up there and help his teammates and get wrecked. So, yeah, I'm curious to see if more, even some playoff drivers go back there and just ride around. None of them can really afford to do it. I mean, you need all the points you can get or win, and not a single one of them have won. So we'll see. have to see what happens. I mean, I think it'll be entertaining if you like watching Rex. 
but there will be some good racing too and it's gonna be aggressive i daytona was so aggressive this one will be even more and there's a lot of guys that need wins that aren't necessarily plate racers bowman bell Cindric, briscoe so suarez you put those guys up there and it just creates chaos but yeah i think that's gonna do it for today's episode i hope you guys like it and just let me know what you think of that insane texas race i think dega has a chance to turn the playoffs around i mean then again it's it's some people love plate races but if you don't want to see your guy your favorite guy get wrecked out don't even watch because i think there's going to be a lot of that all right see you guys next sunday or monday whenever i get it done depending on when the race ends and i hope you guys have a good week peace